I'm James Duncan, National Healthcare Leader at SEEK, Australia's largest employment marketplace. Each week, the healthcare team dissects the workforce data from healthcare with what we're hearing from talent acquisition leaders at the front line. This is SEEK's Health Check, where we aim to share our learnings from the healthcare marketplace. Hope you well. Hope this finds you well. Welcome to episode two of the Seek Health Check. We got through episode one, uh, although I got grilled for my three and a half minute intro, which wasn't good. Keep it short, they said. Uh, so that was that was the edited down version. It was longer. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, Some I'm keeping it still going. <laughs> Stop it. So yeah, shorter version this time, although uh, those listening to this, you're in for a bit of luck. You don't have to look at uh, my eyebrows. I shaved them off by accident last week uh, so good for you noticed no noticed. anyone watching on video stop looking at them please uh, <laughs> i know cara had a, a good chuckle over it you made um, my day be- on friday <laughs> maybe in the editing i could draw on some eyebrows in the editing <laughs> yeah nice try um, but anyway let's um let's have a look at the data this week we'll go top down i'd like to have a look industry down. So we'll look at uh, all industries year on year. So August 19, July 20 v August 18, July 19. Uh, probably no surprises as such from, from our last episode. Community services development, still the only industry up 3%. Healthcare and medical down 7 uh, The average for all industries, 23%. Um, just for some comparison, the worst industry or the, or the one uh, affected the most uh, advertising arts and media down 39%. So that's year on year, maybe no surprises there. But if we go three months uh, per the same previous three months last year, so May 20 to July 20 v May 19 to July 19, so the previous corresponding period. What's interesting here uh, is self-employment uh, is, is up 18%. I thought that was really interesting. Um, so let's, we'll dig into that a little bit, first of all, just industry wise, and then we'll, I wouldn't mind then digging into to healthcare and, uh, community services and disability, um, and dig into that. Some interesting stuff in there, uh, in particular around allied health. So it'd be great to, to dig into that. I'm getting some, some questions from clients at the moment around physiotherapists, for instance. Um, so yeah, we'll dig into that, uh, after this. So self-employment very interesting up 18 percent. has anyone got any thoughts on that at all yeah look i think the first thing to consider is we're coming from quite a low base so year on year i had a look a little bit earlier today actually i think there's around about 50 odd live ads on site currently across australia so if you think about how many ads year on year are going to increase that percentage by a reasonably significant amount it's it's no no more than a handful to be honest with you but i think my, my own view is that if, if we put a healthcare lens on it and you start to dig into some of those ads, there's, there's a couple of roles there that, that are considered, or they're called, sorry, health and lifestyle coach or health and lifestyle consultant. And what those roles are, they're individuals who work across communities. So typically aged care, retirement type communities, and they run sessions and inform the residents about nutrition, about exercise, about mental health and mindfulness. So it's a um, yes, it's an independent type of role, and it seems to be look. There's only a handful of those roles currently currently on on the uh, self-employment subclassification, but that, they're definitely the ones that are most relevant to to us. 
um, in terms of an industry. I mean, a lot of the other ones are roles like driving instructor and, and you know, those sort of fairly typically self-employed type roles. Um, and the, the other comment, I suppose, is that perhaps this is a, a response to, to individuals being a little bit more open to, to doing something for themselves because perhaps they've been furloughed or perhaps there's less opportunities in other areas. So it's, it's opened up um, roles like this that perhaps didn't exist historically. I'm not sure, Kyle, if you've got any. Yeah, that was my immediate thought as well, was people wanting to pivot away from their job that they would normally have done as an interim expecting to then go back to their career once COVID starts to calm down or, or is over. It's really interesting because I'm running a, um, my immediate thought as well, Matt, was that it was coming from a really low base. So mm. even though it's doubled or tripled or whatever, it's still not a huge number, but I'm running a campaign at the moment. And so for anyone listening or watching that um, has not used a display campaign before, this is essentially where we use demographic targeting and behavioral targeting. So what a candidate has done on seek, we use that to target them again um, off site. So somewhere else on the internet, we target them with, a, with an ad. Um, or we target them based on what they're currently doing. So for example, someone comes to seek and searches self-employment, um, a banner ad surfaces as a, as a targeted ad, right? So if you've not used one before, do, because something like self-employment has shown itself to be really effective here. So I'm running a campaign for one of my clients in Melbourne, an aged care provider at the moment, and we're trying to fill um, what's called a residential assistant. So it's somewhere between a carer and front desk they kind of do all the bits and pieces where they go in and um will deliver meals to rooms they might do small spot cleaning uh, they might do some kitchen assistance so lots of different tasks within it it's a relatively new role and um we've gone out and um started with three hundred eleven thousand impressions so a really broad sort of campaign and we targeted areas like trades and services manufacturing retail and consumer education age and disability support hospitality and then I chucked self-employment in because I'd seen in the data that it was starting to grow in terms of the number of views and applies to roles and I thought, I'll just chuck this in and give it a go it's now the top performing targeting group for that campaign it's had 11 in two weeks it's had 11,000 impressions on site so people coming to, to the site it's the most it's more than hospitality more than disability Asian disability support in terms of the number of people that have searched for it and seen this ad um, and it's also the top performing click so the people that are coming and looking at it, they're clicking on it this is probably a completely different role than what that person's done before but it's been super effective in communicating that you know that there's roles here for potentially people that are looking for self-employment even though it's not self-employment it's it's a it's an employed role maybe a hypothesis is kind of right that it's people that have been displaced and they're just looking for anything and they're open to, to self-employment and they're open to anything i was just going to say it probably talks a bit to what we discussed before about this transferable skill set is as individuals that are capable of doing roles in industries like community services for support role type support worker type roles it, it's not a particularly in-depth skill set that requires x amount of qualifications or experience so this is this sounds like it's a really good way of dangling the carrot, so to speak. So someone's on site, they're thinking, okay, what could I look at? And let's look at trade, let's look at self-employment, and then bang, in self-employment, there's this, hey, have you ever thought of moving into this industry? Uh, and then you're starting to grab these people that can do the job that otherwise might not even, even have considered it. Well, we're also looking at the SEEK employment data, so at our website. But if we look at our friends on SEEK business, 
they're going through their busiest time at the moment. So that's people looking to buy and sell businesses. So our job ad data is down and we're looking at the subclassification of self-employment, but we're not actually looking at our whole domain, which is people buying and selling businesses. And they're, yeah, they are absolutely skyrocketing at the moment. So that's also something worth noting. And I would agree with you guys that it's people looking to pivot out of what they're already doing. And I'm having friends and family members that are saying, what can I do at the moment? How do I, once this is all over, what do I love? And what do I want to do? And looking at buying businesses and, and in saying that as well, and this is a horrible part of COVID. So I was looking at businesses for sale. So many small businesses like news agents, milk bars, all these businesses that just aren't surviving at the moment and now they're for sale. That's interesting, Tara, because I suppose that, that raises the other side of the conversation, which is there might be individuals that have perhaps even for the last few years been thinking about buying a business, starting a business. My background's recruitment. You know, I know in that industry, you've got a recruitment consultant that perhaps has, has been made redundant or, or been kind of moved out of their role or their role's at risk. It's the perfect time to say, look, let's just roll the dice a little bit and perhaps Let's, let's give it a shot now. And I think to your point, if there's a lot of businesses for sale, potentially they're going to be a little bit cheaper. It's going to drive the price down because that's market conditions. All right. That's, that's, uh, that's great insight on, on self-employment um, on that. Now, now let's, um, let's have a dig into to healthcare and medical as, as a classification uh, and have a look through some of the subclasses there. Uh, interesting. Let's again, looking at job growth, I've set it up at 12 months. Uh, so year-on-year comparison, uh, speech therapy su uh, subclass up 46% job ad buying, which is uh, incredible, uh, followed by nursing high acuity up 17%. Maybe we'll, we might park nursing and, and pick that up in a, in a different um, podcast. But then after that, ambulance, paramedics at nine, um, psych counselling, social work at 6% up year-on-year, -year. Um, nursing aged care up 2%. Um, so that's year on year. I just want to, before we duck in, I just want to have a look at the three month view because that, as, as Cara sort of mentioned to me a little while back, that's a really good look at the COVID impact, I guess. So the three, three months, the previous three months against the same three months last year, so May 20 to July 20 v May 19 to July 19. So this is interesting. I'm not sure if you've got any thoughts on this. Uh, natural therapies and alternative medicine up 24%. Um, against the same period. Again, speech therapy up 24%. Nursing high acuity is there. Psych, counselling, social work up five. Dental up five. Chiropractic, uh, osteopathic up five. I guess everyone working from home with sore backs, maybe, I don't know. But there's a bit there in that allied health space that I wouldn't mind digging into. So, Cara, do you want to lead us off uh, yeah. on this? What are your thoughts? Sure. So, on speech... Coronavirus patients who are placed on ventilators need help from speech language pathologists, such as restoring the ability to swallow. So those patients that end up in ICU either have a, how do you say this, tracheostomy? Or they have a tube that's pushed down their vocal cords to have an air, like to make an airway to help them breathe. They're placed on a ventilator to help save their lives. And then they're on a machine, potentially for weeks. So they're bedridden, they have a tube down their throat, they lose the ability to eat and swallow. So I think speech pathology is really coming in here to really help those patients to recover. That was my immediate thought as well, just in, in the, um, the, the demand or the preparedness, right? We, we thankfully haven't seen 
as many people as we thought we would or comparatively globally in ICU. Um, but there's still a lot of people that have gone into ICU that have been put on ventilators and would be experiencing that and needing that. And the other thing that I thought about was the fact that a lot of people with um, autism or other disabilities that have difficulty with speech as well require a speech therapist and all of that will have moved online. So anyone who speech therapy is something that can be conducted online as well. So there'll be a change to the way that those services are delivered. They used to be at an appointed time that you would go into an appointment with a speech therapist and receive it. Whereas now there's probably a broader spectrum of times available and, and flexibility with that, that group of, of workers. So I kind of thought maybe those roles, but speech therapy would move on online um, and be able to deliver more classes on top of the increased demand for, for COVID patients too. In terms of the um, the trend of supply versus demand of speech therapists, so the demand has gone up. It's starting to lower again a little bit, but it's it's higher than it was. It's I mean, like five times as high as it was five years ago. Um, the supply of candidates has slowly softened, but it's still not great. Like it's still not, there's a still a huge disparity between supply and demand of speech therapy. So I think it's something worth digging in. We can report back on another episode. Yeah, just a final point on speech pathology. Um, obviously, the NDIS has been in play for, for, for a little while now. And what that effectively gives is more funding and more control for patients to make their own decisions. And I think that combined with you know, more time at home, more time to research. And to Kyle's point, this increased openness to online consultations, I think, has seen definitely a bit of a push in that respect. Um, and the other side to it is actually it's, um, it's quite challenging for speech pathologists to actually set themselves up in business um, because there's quite a complex auditing process. Again, in principle, they should be able to just do it for themselves, but actually there's a few barriers to, to entry in that respect. So uh, in Tasmania in particular, there's, there's a huge waiting list for patients. So they just need people, but they just can't get them. Yeah, it's, it's, I think why it was weird for me is I, I, it's not something I hear from TA leaders, I'm not asked for them. I'm consistently asked, you know, around physiotherapy, OT, that space, mental health, that space. But yeah, I'm just, I just found it weird because it's not something that comes up from the front line. So you guys have got nothing from the front line as well. Maybe it's just been, it's been increased demand and super effective at the same time. Hopefully (laughs) no one's been asking me for any additional help. All right, let's have a look around at some of the other allied health. Before we dig into physio, I know we've had a lot of conversation on physio. This is interesting at the top there, natural therapies, alternative medicine. I'm not sure if anyone's, I've not heard anything. Um, I'm not sure if we've got any insight there from the team. I've had a few calls um, from from some of my clients that are specifically in physio and naturally they're, they're just struggling. Physios always struggling to find physios. They've been trying ads in in natural therapy and alternative medicine you remember as well that some, the scope of practice in in physio and and hands-on therapies like that is has been reduced for the last few months as well but things like remedial massage still can be delivered my hunch is that for a lot of businesses where they do physio remedial massage chiro like a mix of these types of, of therapies remedial massage is still allowed it's really your only avenue to make money as a business and to keep customers coming through the door because that's what they're allowed to practice. And I would think that remedial massage kind of sits in that bracket, doesn't quite sit in physio. Um, and so if that's your only way to make money, then you want more remedial massage therapists 
on the books. And so I think that's driving a little bit of the demand. And, and my clients that, that are specifically in physio have said um, that they've they've had an increased request from hiring managers to get a few more re- remedial massages, at least one additional remedial massage just to keep some customers coming through the door. And the thing is that people need it. Like people are working from home, sitting on a chair. We're doing it. My chair is not the one that I have at the office and my hips are stuffed. <laughs> I feel like a 95-year-old man. And, um, and I think a lot of people are feeling the effects of working from home, working in different environments and not being as active. So demand is there. They just need to make sure they've got remedial massage um, people in place. What is that in, in Victoria? I mean, I had a quick look on site this morning and the, the, the massage, the remedial massage ads that I saw um, are pretty explicit about commencement will start post-COVID restrictions. So it, it, are they able to work at all at this point? Or The, the, the rule is essentially in Victoria <clears throat> that if a, a patient can be treated hands-on, if their condition would deteriorate otherwise. So they've got a condition that means that if they're not treated, if they're not manipulated, if they're not corrected, that their condition would deteriorate, um, they can still be seen face-to-face with as much social distancing as possible. And that's kind of the extent of it right now in stage four. It's funny you say that because I actually go to a chiropractor once a month and last time I had my chiropractic appointment, I'd confirmed it the day before. And the day of, I got this really trivial message from them saying you just to be clear the restrict you know you can attend if you have a spinal injury if it's going to deteriorate your health if it's xyz and I sort of read it and I thought can I go or, or can't I go and you know I went and they were happy to see me but I think they had to tick all those boxes to ensure that they are you know compliant. Interesting you wonder also if there's an aspect of you know the the masters themselves if, and we're seeing this across a lot of different industries where the, the thought of moving is is a bit of a risk in itself in the you know a there's the the exposure i suppose to to the virus but then the other side is well better the devil you know to an extent in that if i'm in a reasonably safe job i might not particularly like it but there's, there's a higher risk that if i move jobs that that job might get cold early within the the, the, the probation all right, some interesting uh, aspects there um, with some crossover into remedial massage and physiotherapy. Um, I guess physiotherapy is going to be quite a big conversation. So what I might do is just conscious of time here, we may maybe we'll park the physio uh, conversation and we'll dig in to that in depth uh, in, in the next one. Um, yeah, you guys talk too much apparently. So. Uh, Definitely. Well, it wasn't me. In fact, that episode was a lot like my physio. They just they find something and then they just keep going with it. <laughs> and then I have to come back again next week for more. This is perfect, yeah. Perfect. That's a great business model. And it's pretty painful. <laughs> well, that's you feel better after going, though. That's the thing. You, 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 you feel like it's going to be awful. You're dreading it. But once you leave, hopefully, you feel a bit better. Exactly. And that's what, it's a health check, you know, and you just keep coming back in. So let's wrap it up this time. Thanks to you all. Thanks to listen. Thanks for listening out there. Hopefully you've got some insight uh, that you can take away and, and maybe help with what you're doing. And if you've got any questions, um, we don't, we obviously don't know everything. Please send in. And if you've got any thoughts and suggestions and ideas and insights into the market, we're, we're all, we're all ears. Um, so please, please don't hesitate in, in doing that. But, um, but thanks very much. 
And that's a wrap for this time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya.